Today is the fifth Sunday of Lent, the last Sunday before we enter into Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Holy Week, and Easter. And on this last Sunday of Lent, we hear an incredible story from the prophet Jeremiah. Now, the prophet Jeremiah is a prophet of ancient Israel. Ancient Israel at a time when Israel was going through a crisis. So I want to put that into context. So the Israelite people, they had come out of Egypt, they had wandered around in the wilderness, and then they had conquered the promised land. They had received the promised land from God. And although it took a little time, they unified themselves under one king. And it was kind of with Saul, but it was really with David. And David began this process, King David, of having this kingdom where they could be proud and they were strong and they did everything that they wanted to do because they were in charge. And then generations followed where one king after another sort of devolved from that high point, right? They were on this little slope, slow decline until it came a point when the northern kingdom of Israel had been devastated and the southern kingdom of Judah, where Jerusalem was, was holding strong. But Jeremiah knew that the pride that the people felt was not going to sustain them. And so Jeremiah came around and began to prophesy, began to warn the people that if they didn't heed God's call to humility, that they would, in essence, be taken out at the knees. And although a few kings came while Jeremiah was preaching, the end really came when Babylon came down from the north, sacked Jerusalem, destroyed the city, and destroyed what represented the best of Israel, and that was the temple. And they took Israel's best away into exile. And it was in that moment that Jeremiah says the words he says today, where Jeremiah makes a promise to the Israelites in captivity that God has not abandoned them, but what has happened is that God is going to take this opportunity where their own pride undermined their stability and bring them something new. And it is this new promise that sets up the purpose and the need for Jesus. Now, what Jeremiah really speaks into in this moment is this truth that we as human people cannot heal ourselves. Now, we think we can. Most of us in this room probably have some sense of pride and capacity and ability, and most of us are good enough to where we rarely experience the true depravity, that real bottoming out where we realize we need God. And in essence, that's where Israel was. Israel thought they were good. They had no need for God. And yet Jeremiah reminds them in this moment of devastation that God has not abandoned them. In fact, it was quite the opposite, that they had abandoned this promise that God made all the way back at Sinai with Moses. And yet, God was going to renew that promise, renew that covenant. See, Jeremiah spoke faithfulness and fidelity to a people that felt like things were going quite wrong. And that's a word that I think we need today as well. How many of us 
watch the news, or maybe we've even stopped watching the news. I mean, I admit that I don't even like watching the news anymore, where we hear story after story that's really quite depressing. Perhaps we know people in our lives, we've seen our neighbors suffer heartbreak, perhaps diagnosis, perhaps us, we have faced our own mortality. And that kind of rough experience, that that moment when we realize that we are powerless to save ourselves is the moment when we may ask, as Israel did so many years ago, where is God? Now, this story comes at the end of our Lenten journey on purpose. We come to the end of this season of Lent where we've had the opportunity to consider what it is that God wants us to do. And we hear this story from Jeremiah that points to the purpose of Christ as an opportunity for us to imagine what our lives could be in the Easter season. Lent is this chance to reimagine, to reconnect, to return toward God. And when we celebrate Easter, actually begin life again. This shift toward Christ is one that we do away from entitlement, away from thinking that we deserve only good things, and moves us toward the promise that Christ makes of love and of true grace. Now, we receive the hope of Christ. We know how this story is going to end, but in today's gospel lesson, Jesus' disciples didn't quite understand what was going to happen. And when Jesus reminds them that he was going to have to die, they don't like it, right? We've heard this story multiple times in Lent where Jesus says, I have come to save the world and to save the world I must die, and that makes no sense. And the disciples rebel against Jesus' decision, so to speak, to submit to this kind of death. And yet Jesus reminds them that there is more beyond his own earthly ministry. And it's that more that takes the disciples a while to figure out. Have you ever wondered why, when the disciples are following Jesus around, loving spending time with Jesus, and Jesus says he's going to die, that they were so upset? I think perhaps our knee-jerk reaction is such that, well, they liked him, right? I mean, they kind of thought he was great, and they didn't want him to die. But if we go a little deeper, could it potentially be that while Jesus was there, Jesus was doing God's work? And when Jesus is gone, that means God's work is left up to them. And that's a hard shift because we receive that same opportunity, that same responsibility. Jesus is not walking around right now, healing those who are ill, feeding those who are sick, bringing hope to those who despair. No, that's on us. We are the ones who have taken on that mantle to bring light into the darkest places. That is really the promise of Christ. And even more so, our common sort of Christian culture makes out discipleship as something individual, that you and me as individuals are meant to accept Jesus, and then we ourselves are saved, when in fact, it is more than that. 
Discipleship does not stop with each one of us individually. But Jesus calls us into a community, calls us into relationship, calls us to bind ourselves together. And through that faith and the grace of God, we actually begin and continue God's work in the world. What if I were to ask you, what is church? My guess is that we'd probably quickly respond, well, the building, perhaps, or programs, or perhaps liturgy and worship, music. But more than that, church is the relationships that we share together. Church is when we, out of our own humility, out of our own love, bind ourselves to one another in good times and in bad to do God's work on earth. Church is really not about the order or the quiet or even about the liturgy we love. Church is about showing up, showing up for God and showing up for each other. We understand this, which is why we're here. But you see, there are people outside these walls that don't quite know what the promise of God really is when we become the body of Christ. And very soon, as in next week, we actually have the opportunity to invite people into this community, to tell them about the promise that goes beyond their individuality and becomes so much greater in community. Starting next week, and for at least two weeks, we've got Sundays, Palm Sunday and Easter, where there will be people who do not go to church or, you know, the people who like say they go to this church, but they don't really go, they'll show up. And we, those of us who come here on the Sunday after spring break, are able to actually give them a glimpse of what they could have in this church, what they could have being the body of Christ in the world beyond just this simple, shallow promise into something so much deeper. You see, Jeremiah told the Israelites when things had gone way off the rails that it wasn't God abandoning them, but they had abandoned God's promise. And when Jesus shows up and reminds them that God loves them and that God is faithful, people begin a new movement, a renewed promise to live as God's people. We have an opportunity to renew that promise as well. People will show up here wondering, where is God? They watch the news, they get sick, they lose their loved ones. And when they are on their own, they can flail and get lost. They need a community just like we do. And so as we end this season of Lent, I invite you to now turn from what could have been an individual kind of experience and turn toward what God hopes for us the most, which is this corporate community, this body of Christ on earth to do more work together and to not make it just about the people you already know, but to prepare your hearts and your minds to open your arms wide and offer all of the people who will come through these doors over the next few weeks a glimpse at the hopefulness of Christ 
the new promise of Christ that he makes not only 2,000 years ago, but to us again today. As we end this season of Lent, let us not end with simply appreciating our liturgy, simply appreciating our own salvation, but let us take on the opportunity and the responsibility Jesus gives us to help spread that hopefulness, that faithfulness, that fidelity and grace to every other person who comes here wondering if they can have God too. Amen.